Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Read Through the Bible, Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. We have a good lesson today. Of course, you know, I always tell you we have a good lesson. <clears throat> um, but for those that are new to the channel, uh, on this station, we read the scripture together. We make sure we understand what we're reading and we make application to our lives. And I post a new video every Wednesday. Um, subscribe to the channel. If you subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel called Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda, you'll be notified when a new video is posted. And if you have any questions or comments, um, please ask them. Either ask them on the um, in, in the YouTube channel or on the Facebook comment section, and I will definitely get back with you. So anyway, last week we were in Matthew chapter uh, 26. We started Matthew chapter 26, and we did verses 1 through 30. So basically that was part part one of Matthew chapter 26. Uh, and in that chapter, we talked about the plot that the uh, Jews had to get rid of Jesus. The high priests and uh, elders were plotting to get rid of him, but they were trying to do it discreetly because they knew if they uh, did it too openly that the people would be upset because the people knew Jesus was the Son of God, uh, that he was the Messiah. Um, also last week, we talked about how Mary anointed him for his burial to prepare him for what he was about to go through. And we talked about how God anoints us for whatever we're going to go through. Uh, also, um, in last week, we talked about how Judas uh, betrayed, well, agreed to betray Jesus. Uh, he plotted to the, the chief priests and the elders were trying to figure out how to betray him. But Judas gave him away and, and plotted with them, okay, I'll, I'll hand him to you. I'm going to help you to get him. And then we talked about the Last Supper. Uh, how, how it started off as the Passover meal and it ended with Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper where he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Um, and he gave him the wine and my blood that is shed for you and how we uh, call that communion now. And we do that on a regular basis just to remember what he has done for us, um, the price that he paid for our salvation. Uh, and today we're going to be uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. We're going to start in verse 31, and we'll see how far we get. But we're going to be talking about um, how Peter, you know, how Jesus predicts Peter's denial. We're going to talk about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and the agony that he went through. We're going to talk about um, Jesus' betrayal and his arrest in the Garden. And we're going to talk about, if we get that far, Jesus before the Sanhedrin which is the Jewish council of about 71 elders, 20, I think it's from 23 to 71 elders, and um, how Peter denied Jesus, who was, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. So let's just um, start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we honor you, we praise you. Lord God, we know we're not worthy of all your blessings, but we thank you so much for every blessing that you bestow upon us. Father, we thank you for taking such good care of us, Lord God. Lord, we know we don't deserve it, but we're so grateful, with grateful hearts, for all that you do for us. Lord, I ask that you bless everyone that is listening to this broadcast, everyone that will listen, Lord God. Father, that your word would be embedded within us, that we would go down deep, that your word would become just a part of us, oh God. And we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. 
Let your anointing be upon this message tonight, Lord God. And you come in and be the teacher and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's just jump right in. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 26 and we're going to start with verse 31. <clears throat> we're going to read <clears throat> probably down 31 to 35 and then we're going to pause a little bit and then go a little bit further. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, and I'm in the New Living Translation. It says, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times and you even know and deny that you know me three times. Verse 35. No. And actually it's an exclamation point here. So he said, no, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. So he was, Peter was pretty emphatic about that. And all the other disciples vowed the same. So let's just stop there for a minute. Um, <clears throat> now note here that Jesus uh, has is predicting that Peter is going to deny him. And uh, he also said that all of them are going to fall away. That um, so this is the foreknowledge of Jesus. He knows all of you are going to betray me. You're all going to fall away. So he's giving them a revelation here, whether they believe it or not. And definitely Peter didn't believe it because remember Peter, Peter is the one that to me is on fire for the Lord and he's got a lot of zeal and he does not yet know, um, how his flesh could betray him or how he could, uh, betray Jesus, how he could flip flop and, uh, he still think that he's just, he's just so strong that he can, that no, of course not. I would never deny you, but he's going to. Uh, but when he said, I will smite the shepherd, and that's in verse uh, 31, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Uh, and here it says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. This is a prophecy that was given in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. And it's basically saying when Jesus is crucified, there's going to be a scattering. The sheep is going to scatter. His 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 uh, followers are going to scatter, and they scatter because they they're going to be afraid for their life. And we're gonna we're gonna see that later on. But according to um, now, Jesus just told Peter that he's going to deny him. He said before the before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And um, with this rooster crowing. Uh, when I was reading some things about it, it says something about the first uh, the first ray of light touching their eyes or when it touches, touches their eyes, they start crowing. It's something about the sensitivity of the light touching their eyes when it's just about to be morning. So basically, Jesus is telling him, before the morning comes, Peter, you're going to have denied me three times because the cock is going to crow when the morning comes and you're going you're gonna to have denied me three times. And according to the Nelson Study Bible, the rooster crow would have occurred during the third Roman watch. And this is according to the Nelson Study Bible. They say it would be between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. 
and um and that's that's considered the third watch now uh, and we and i think we talked about this before how the romans had uh four watches and because the roman soldiers watched over the land you know so they had four watches and the first watch you know the first shift to watch and you know to make sure no enemy comes in uh was would have been from 6 p.m to 9 a.m to 9 p.m i'm sorry 6 p.m to 9 p.m so it's a three-hour watch and then the next shift will come in and watch from 9 p.m to 12 midnight and then the next shift will come in and watch from 12 midnight to 3 a.m and then the last shift of the night will come in at 3 a.m and watch to 6 a.m so you know there was three hour increments of the roman watch and so uh according to nelson study bible the rooster would have would have been crowing between 12 midnight and 3 a.m this is what they're saying so um also in this section find it interesting i think we've talked about this before and it doesn't tell us here but in luke let's look at luke chapter 22 verse 24 through 34 because it, it also talks about this section it gives us a little bit of different look into some things because remember each gospel um tells a story from their point of view and what's important to them so sometimes things are left out or things are mentioned in one gospel that's not mentioned in another gospel so it doesn't mean that they're not uh they're not both equal or not both correct but just one felt this was important so he put this in his gospel the other one felt lean more toward this this was important he put that in his gospel so um let's look at luke chapter 22 and in luke chapter 22 verse 24 it says and then began this is after um is at the lord's supper when uh uh jesus had instituted the lord's supper he said then they began to argue amongst themselves about who would be the greatest among them so this is not even recorded in matthew about this argument about who's going to be the greatest uh during the lord's supper but uh, they're having this argument in verse 25. We're in Luke chapter 22, verse 25. And Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and the great men lorded over their people, yet they all, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. Pay attention. Because we know we don't, uh, we don't like to take the lowest rank. If we want to be the greatest, you want to be recognized as the greatest. But Jesus, this is not the way it is supposed to be in, in the kingdom for kingdom citizens. For kingdom citizens, if you want to be great, you have to humble yourself. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, the one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. So, so they would say the one is, so, but in other words, he's saying, when you look at it on the outside, it looks like the one that's being served is the greatest. But Jesus said, no, that's not the way it is in the, in the kingdom. The one who um, sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus is the one who's, he's showing them what it means to serve. You have stayed with me in my time of trial. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, 
I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So Jesus prophesied about a place that they're going to have. So you guys don't have to worry about, uh, basically he's telling them, you don't have to worry about who's going to be the greatest because you're all going to have a place in my kingdom. If you learn how to humble yourself, if you learn how to submit, you learn how to take the low seat, and he's going to elevate you. So I just wanted to read that part because um, here in the at the Last Supper, there's still an argument going on about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. So what does that tell us? That gives us a peek into our human nature, which we should already know that we're going to have to constantly put that down, put our flesh down, put that thing down that wants to uh, elevate itself and, well, look at me, you know, I'm, I'm great, or I'm this, I'm that. We're going to have to constantly keep this flesh under subjection, take the low seat. You know, stop trying to to be the be the all in all. Take the low seat. Each esteem the other better than yourself. And that takes the Holy Spirit to help us do that because these natures uh, often will will want to um, show up and try and take take the high seat when we should be taking the low seat and being the servant. Okay, so let's look at um, we're in chapter twenty six. Let's go to verse thirty six where it says Jesus prays in Gethsemane. Excuse me, sinuses is acting up again if I'm sniffing a little bit here. So verse 36, it says, And Jesus went to the olive grove and called the olive grove that's called Gethsemane. And he said, he's talking to his disciples. So they, they've, left the, they've left the upper room. They left where they had the last supper. They've come away from there. And, uh, excuse me, <coughs> I want to make sure I didn't miss something here. <clears throat> okay, no, I didn't miss anything. So let's go to verse 36. It says, And then Jesus went <clears throat> with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. And he took with him Peter and, the, and Zebedee's two sons, James and John. And he became anguished and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So again, he's talking to his disciples. He had, all of them had went with him. Uh, he had told a certain certain few of them to sit here. And then he only took three of them a little bit further. And the three he took was his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Took them a little bit further with him and he told them to stay. Stay here and watch and pray. Uh, because he was going a little further. Verse 39, he went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, Father, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Verse 40, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not Give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away, unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, since the third time Jesus left them and go to pray, 
saying the same things again. Then he came to, to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Okay, so let's just back up and talk about that just a little bit. And remember, this is Thursday night. Um, they have the Last Supper on Thursday. Uh, toward the evening time, they've gone to the garden. So this is Thursday night. You remember, Jesus is going to be crucified the following day, which will be Friday. Now, according to the Nelson Study Bible, um, there at in Gethsemane, where he was at, was he was praying, uh, means oil press. So it means a place where the where the oils are pressed. And just imagine how Jesus is being pressed right now with the agony of being in this garden, with the agony of what he's about to face. Now, I know different people say different things about what he was about to face. Oh, he didn't want to die. He would, you know, but I just don't believe that. I could because Jesus knew he came to this earth to die. He came to this earth. He knew his purpose. He came to this earth to die for our sins. I believe his agony was not, Lord, I don't want to die. You know, God, you know, Father, don't let me die. But his agony was, was is there any other way that we can save them from their sins other than me being separated from you, my father, whom I have never been separated from. But I'm going to have to be separated from you for just a time to cover their sins. But is there any other way, father? Because he did not want to be separated from his father. And of course, we, we know that he prayed three times for that. And three times he still said, not my will, but thine be done. Because if, there, if there's no other way, then I'm going to do just what my father wants to do. But, you know, he was just in agony of being separated from his father. So this was the press that he was feeling, the olive being pressed. He was, he had, uh, uh, part of the scripture doesn't say, tell us here, but that he had, he sweat great drops of blood. One of the uh, gospels said he sweat drapes, uh, it's like as if great drops of blood, uh, that he was sweating. He was in agony in the garden. This is an agony for him. But he went through it for us. Verse 36 to 37, we see here that Jesus took his inner circle. We talked about that. And that inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And again, let's just, just uh, talk about where he where they went. Because he didn't take all the disciples um, everywhere. But these three, he took everywhere with him and took them places where he didn't take the other ones. Uh, when he was on the mountain of transfiguration, when uh, Moses and Elijah both appeared with him, he had Peter, James, and John with him. When he raised Jairus' daughter uh, in Matthew, that's Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, and Luke chapter 8, 49. Um, but when he raised Jairus' daughter, he had Peter, James, and John with him. Uh, and now here again, he's praying, and he's gone a little bit deeper in his prayer. And he took Peter, James, and John a little further with him. So this is the inner circle. He took them a little bit further. And then when Jesus told them to watch, in the Greek, this word, uh, when you look it up in the concordance, it means to stay awake. It doesn't just mean just watch, but it means stay awake. In verse 38, Jesus had the three to stop, and he told them to watch while he went further to pray. And I, I find it significant, though, that in verse 41, when he came back and he said, he, he addressed Peter. He confronted Peter. Now, you had Peter, James, and John there. 
It didn't say, he said, John, why did, why couldn't, why'd you fall asleep? Can you pray for, with me for one hour? He didn't say it to James. He said it to Peter. So I began to wonder, I was like, well, Lord, why was Peter the only one that was getting, getting a, a whooping here for falling asleep? Uh, seemed like they all should have been fussed at. But uh, as soon as I thought that the scripture came to me in Luke chapter 12, 48, where it says, to whom much is given, much is required. Because we're going to see that uh, Peter's going to be entrusted with a lot. And even already he's been entrusted with more than they've been entrusted with. Remember, Peter was the one that got the revelation of who Jesus was. He says, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So Peter had been given a divine revelation of who Jesus was. And also remember, Peter was the one that stepped out of the boat that was allowed to walk on the water. None of the other disciples got out of the boat. Peter, so much has been given to Peter and bestowed upon him. So maybe that's why Jesus calls him out when he uh, comes back and um, find them all sleeping. Also, but Peter also is bold and saying, I'm never going to, you know, deny you, Jesus. And here he is falling asleep. So there could have been a lot of reasons why he called on Peter, but the scripture that came to me is in, in Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. Because we're going to see later on how this same Peter is going to be used to win 3,000 souls to the kingdom. Uh, so he's going to he's going to have a significant place, a significant role to play in bringing souls in. So in verse 39 to 46, this says three times that Jesus had went back and forth and found him sleeping. Um, and then he prayed about the cup passing, passing from him. We talked about that. But in Galatians chapter three, verse 13, it said Jesus became a curse for us. Uh, so this is part of the agony because he's going to become a curse for us. Uh, it's not so much of him not wanting to die, like I said, but uh, he will literally become the curse. He will become the curse for us. There's a scripture that says, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. We will be made the righteousness of Christ. And then in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it tells us that Jesus became sin for us. He is literally taking our place. He literally took our place. And there was no other way. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Remission of sin means there's no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus was saying, if there's any other way for their sins to be forgiven, besides me being separated from you, Father, but besides me taking on this cup of suffering, and part of his suffering was the agony of him being separating from, from his father. And 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 don't get don't get wrong, he was gonna suffer. He was gonna suffer physically, but I don't think he was ducking from that because he knew that was gonna happen. I still believe that he was did not want to be separated from his father, but he knew that that's um that was the plan. And in Hebrews 9, 22, it says you can't have forgiveness of your sin if there's no bloodshed. And the blood had to be pure. It had to be blood from a sinless sacrifice. So Jesus met all those criteria. So we know that Jesus completed his task before, uh, his task before, because for a brief moment when he was on the cross, uh, we heard him say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
So that let us know right there that for that brief moment while he was on the cross, while he took on all of our sin, he felt alone and he felt forsaken because he would not have said that. He would not have cried out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? If he did not feel alone and if he did not feel forsaken. So he took on our sin and God could not look on him just for a brief moment. Let's read in, um, see how much time we have here. We just have a few more minutes. Let's read in uh, verses 47 through 56. Verse 47, and even as Jesus said this, when he said, okay, go ahead and go to sleep because they're coming to uh, betray me now. In verse 47, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed, armed with swords and clubs. And they had been sent by the leading priests, by the high priest Caiaphas, and the elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight in, straight to Jesus, greet Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him a kiss. Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come to have, what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the twelve men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave slashing off his ear that was our dear friend peter that did that now you'll find that out when you read some of the other gospels peter was the one that cut off the ear of the servant he cut off the slave's ear slashing off his ear and verse 52 jesus said put away your sword those who use the sword will die by the sword do you re realize that i could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly but if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you have come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day, but this is all, but this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. And at that point, all the disciples deserted him. So here we have where um, Jesus is leaving. Jesus is in the garden, and then the crowd of men. Well, he's leaving, leaving the garden. A crowd of men meet him that are sent from the high priest, uh, who is Caiaphas, and they've come to arrest him. Peter cut off one of their ears, and you know, Peter. Peter's just. His, that was his first reaction. He cut off one of the ears. And Jesus made him put his sword up. But if you read John 18, verse 3 through 11, and Mark chapter 14, verse 43 through 50, and also Luke chapter 22, verse 47 through 53, it'll give you more details about what happened in the garden. Because Matthew tells us some of it, but if you want to know everything that happened in the garden, you want to, I mean, you know, during this arrest and everything, you want to read all of those put together. But I just want to stick to what Matthew has right now so we can get his point of view. And I also want you to uh, take note that he's being arrested by the chief priests. 
He's being arrested by the Jews. So this is his own people that are arresting him. And also he's being betrayed with the kiss, which is very deceitful. Because they said normally a kiss shows that you have respect and honor for the person that you're giving the kiss to. But Judas gave him a kiss in deceit. Uh, and uh, well, just, just a word on Peter that you know I just want to mention before we pass here. Uh, I love Peter. Peter, Peter is, in, in, you know, he just moved by his instincts. And, you know, sometimes he's, he's a little over the top and does things that he shouldn't be doing. But I just, I just love his zeal. I just love his spirit because nobody else was doing anything. And his first reaction was, oh, no, you're not going to take my Lord. So he grabbed his sword to cut off his ear. He had good intentions, but that was not, you know, what he was supposed to do. So the Lord had to check him and heal the man and, and actually heal the uh, servant's ear and put it back on. But when Jesus said, I, you know, when he, when he told Peter, don't you know that I could call my father and he would send uh, 12 legions of angels. And one legion is 6,000, one legion would be 6,000 soldiers. So a legion of angels would be 6,000 angels. 12 legions would be 72,000 angels. All Jesus had to do is get a word. So he died willingly. He all he had to do is give the word, and his father would have sent angels. But because uh, the scripture had to be fulfilled that I'm going to smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, Jesus had to be crucified. So this has to be done. His Jesus has to, he has to be he has to die. He has to be buried, and he has to be resurrected. All this has to come to pass as part of the master plan to redeem us. So although his disciples fled, uh, in John 18, 8, it tells that Jesus actually requested that they let his disciples go. Uh, but here Matthew just tells us that they just all just deserted him. Amen. So amen. So let's just, we're going to stop there. But just remember uh, through the weeks of how Jesus has uh, gave his heart and gave his life for us and the agony that he went through in the garden for you and I. You know, because he definitely wanted to die for us, but he was going to have to be separated from his father, which was going to be excruciating for him. But he did it for you and me. So at this point, if there's anybody that, that has not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to meditate on the fact of everything that he's done for you, that he died for you, that he's standing there with outstretched arms and wanting you to come to him because it's not his will that any should perish. So please go on my page if you have not accepted Christ into your life. Time is winding up on my page called Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. There's a playlist there called The Sinner's Prayer. And also there's a, a another teaching tape on there called Teaching About Salvation. If you listen to The Sinner's Prayer and the Teaching About Salvation, it'll let you know why you need Jesus and give you the scriptures about your salvation. Amen. Please come to the kingdom. Come to Jesus before it's too late. Amen. Because time is winding up. So let's just close with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Lord, we don't want to appear ungrateful. Father, if we don't say it enough, Lord Jesus, we just want you to know that we love you. We appreciate you. And we don't take you for granted. We thank you for dying on the cross for us. We thank you that you were resurrected. And we thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to live inside of our hearts. Lord, we give you our lives. We give you everything that we have, we ask you to take control of us even on today. 
Bless us, O God, even as we, we sleep, O Lord. Cover each household that is represented. And we thank you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you and I'll see you next week.